This podcast is part of the Batman Universe Podcast Network, hosted by the BatmanUniverse.net. Check out everything related to Batman and the entire Bat family at the BatmanUniverse.net, including news and original content related to comics, movies, television, merchandise, video games, and more. Also, check out some of the other unique podcasts that TBU has to offer. Consider supporting this podcast by becoming a patron on Patreon. Even $1 can go a long way in supporting this content that you enjoy. Look for a link over at thebatmanuniverse.net to offer your support now. And now, on with the show. Hi, my name is Peter Tomasi. Hi, this is James Hyman IV. Hi, I'm Dan Jurgens. Hey, I'm Duncan Wynn. This is Jim Lee. Hey, this is Scott Snyder. This is Mark Hamill speaking. This is Kevin Conroy. This is Tim Sale. Hello, everyone. I'm Batman, and you're listening to my podcast. Hello, and welcome to the Batman Universe Comic Podcast, Season 13, Episode 13. And we are actually recording this on July 13th, so it's a whole confluence of 13s. Oh my goodness. Uh, I'm your host, Ian, and I have with me... This is Steph. Glad she's not superstitious. And this is Steele. We have two great comic reviews of Batman number 110 and Detective Comics number... 1039 today and we also have a bunch of news that just dropped over the weekend so let's get to it first up we have a piece of news that should make several people happy batman the long halloween special is coming in october and my bet is that we're gonna have october solicitations by the end of the week so uh unfortunately not early enough for us to record but uh we've got some batman pieces to announce i'm glad it's not another re-release of the long halloween although i'm sure we will get that as well so they can maybe bundle it or something stupid yes this is going to be a um 48 page prestige format uh it's going to be eight dollars so it's going to be quite pricey um but theoretically it would be twice as long as a normal comic so twice as long for twice the price is fair and, of course, Tim Sale's art is almost certainly going to be fantastic. I am not actually the biggest fan of either uh, The Long Halloween or Dark Victory, although I do really like When in Rome, the Catwoman tie-in. Uh, but Tim Sale's art in all of them is just jaw-droppingly beautiful. So that's very exciting. Uh, what do you guys think about The Long Halloween special in October? Uh, it makes sense. I didn't know they were both still alive, so that's cool. <laughs> Um, you know, whatever. It's fun. I'm I'm just like I said, I'm just glad they're not just doing a re-release of The Long Halloween like they do every year. <laughs> it's an actual new book. So, hopefully, I don't know. I don't know what the story will be. Uh, it's just a, another cash grab in my opinion. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, considering, well, at least it's coming out in October when uh, Halloween actually happens instead of July and August when the animated movies part one <laughs> and have been released. So Halloween in July, yeah. don't you know? We shall see. Might as well. We have Christmas in July every year. All right. The second piece of news is we have a black label um mini series announced, and this is Catwoman Lonely City. Um this is written and drawn by Cliff Chang 
who has a very similar art style to the master Darwin Cook, who also did some fantastic Catwoman stories like Selena's Big Score, which he wrote and drew as well. Cliff Chang hasn't done a ton of Batman. He's mostly done the famous Wonder Woman run, and he does Paper Girls, which is an indie comic, and a lot of other stuff. So this is going to be kind of a big uh, Batman thing. But of course, he has drawn a few Batman stories before. Um, this is set 10 years in the future. Um, and the solicitation says, uh, The massacre known as Fool's Night claimed the lives of Batman, the Joker, Nightwing, and Commissioner Gordon, and sent Selina Kyle, the Catwoman, to prison. A decade later, Gotham has grown up. It's put away costumed heroism and villainy as childish things. The new Gotham is cleaner, safer, and a lot less free under the watchful eye of Mayor Harvey Dent and his bat cops. It's into this new city that Selina returns, a changed woman, with her mind on that one last big score. The secrets inside the bat cave. She doesn't need the money. She just needs to know who is Orpheus. So the cover looks... Uh, just gorgeous and we've got some images of selena 10 years older with a white streak and harvey dent apparently is mayor as two-face so that's interesting (laughs) um i'm kind of excited about this i'm not happy that it's the uh the really wide format i i wish they would just do the normal comic book size but i guess people like more room for their art or something um, it is going to be four issues, and it does not give pricing details, so I'm going to guess it's at least seven, possibly eight dollars an issue. I like the title, "Lonely City." I mean, that uh, a lot of Batman stories it, are about cities, and so Catwoman, "Lonely City," is kind of cool. If it's seven or eight dollars, I'm going to need Steph to say what she just said again. Oof. <laughs> yeah, I can't, I can't see myself. That's that's a lot. That might be a wait until the trade thing. Yeah, or, or, or get it digital on comicsology or something. That's that's a lot. We'll have to see if it's any good. I don't think I've read much that Cliff Chang has actually written. I've read several of the things he's drawn. There's a whole lot of different Catwoman on the cover. I wonder if that's just for artisticness or if he's actually going to tie that all in somehow. Because that's like every version of Catwoman on TV. And like there's the Michelle Pfeiffer, there's your Lee Merriworth or whatever her name is, Merriweather. And then all different generations of Catwoman. So it'll be, be interesting. Unless that has nothing to do with anything, then that's just a red herring and not cool. (laughs) And lastly, there was an announcement today of um, two series, one called Task Force Z, which is written by Matthew Rosenberg. Um, And that's about a bunch of characters who are either dead or um, undead, including apparently Bane, Jason Todd, who is the Robin who died, um, is leading this group of undeceased um, <laughs> criminals. And uh, Mr. Bloom is back, and that's not super exciting to me. <laughs> I mean, I liked Jim as Batman, but Bloom I thought was super boring. Um, it does look like it's going to be a... Let's see. This is a 12-issue miniseries? Uh, what is it? This 12 a miniseries? <laughs> 
Well, they they call it a maxi series. Okay, so Task Force yeah. Z doesn't actually say um, if it's a mini a maxi series or if it's not. Um, it says of one of twelve. So, well, but that's that's for DC versus vampires. I don't, I don't oh. think. But both of these are going to have Batman connections because Batman's on the cover of DC versus vampires. I think that's going to be like deceased because it says in the tradition of deceased. So I think it's like its own little universe. Um, this isn't yeah. mainstream, but I think that uh, Task Force Z is the mainstream universe. So, what do you think about these um, spin-off titles? Eh. <laughs> I'm kind of the same. It's 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 like how there's how many Pirates of the Caribbean movies now? It's like the first one was cute, second one still cute, third one it's like okay. But this better be the last one. And then it's, oh, no, no. And now they don't even want Johnny Depp anymore. Ugh, all I'm saying is, it's just, it was cool, but you gotta stop. You gotta stop before it's not cool. I'll take it one step further, and people may hate when I compare it to this, but this is, this is like Fast and Furious. You know, <laughs> I the most number- recent Fast and Furious movie. I thought it was funny. I cannot... Whichever part, I think I watched, I think the last one that I personally watched was whichever number came after Tokyo Drift. That was the, or maybe no, whichever one uh, Gal Gadot died is the last one that I watched. So that goes to show how interested I, I am in that movie. Just like it shows how interest, how how interested I am in either one of those books. And this is someone who absolutely adored deceased. I have Mm -hmm. zero interest in either book right now. I think part of that is that Rosenberg's stuff for DC doesn't seem to have really caught anyone's real passion. I mean, it's not bad, but it also isn't like really exciting. Like I, I don't like Tom Taylor as everyone knows, but I would say that I understand why he has appeal. He he's gotten a lot of big projects because his stuff strikes a chord with a lot of readers. And I don't think that Rosenberg's stuff has struck a chord with people. I don't know. Yes. Am I am I wrong? Are you guys, like, finally sucked into the grifter story? <laughs> I'm still in appreciating like, the grifter you say, story. <laughs> if, you, if you say that you enjoy the grifter story, I am driving to Texas. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed is not the word I'd use for the grifter story. I was very confused at the beginning, but that's not what we're talking about now. <laughs> um, no, I mean, it's just, it really feels like another cash grab and they're just banking off of deceased success. And if I was, if you forced me at gunpoint to pick one of these up, I would probably do the, the one with Ollie and Batman on it. The DC versus vampires. Cause at least they're not vampires yet. Well, and it's got Otto Schmidt on art. He's great. Oh, yeah. If if someone put a gun to to my head and and say I had to select one, I might just say pull the trigger. (laughs) That's a little little intense. (laughs) If you want to have another, if you want to have a a cash grab off of DC's, just do another damn DC story. There's a way you could do that. I mean, Superman is still in the damn sun. So, but do you have a DC story by Matt Rosenberg? 
No. <laughs> DC is Tom Taylor and Tom Taylor only. That's what I thought. So I was just like, checking. So while, while you may you may have no interest, I will. But again, if 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 you want to continue to grab money off of the success of DC, just just do another DC story and call today. Well, I think that DC's like Marvel Zombies really does have a limited appeal in terms of how far you can push the concept before people are not super into seeing their favorite heroes become zombies and ripped apart. Um, I I think that is exciting, and uh, Tom Taylor's done two smart stories with... Well, okay. Technically four smart stories out of Deceased. I think he probably has room for one or two more, but um, I definitely wouldn't want to see like Deceased 4, 5, or 6. I think Deceased 3 is about as <laughs> yeah. far as you should take it. Yeah, at least one, because Superman is still in the damn sun. <laughs> yes. Which is why I say three seems quite reasonable to me. All right, so let's get started on our reviews. I am vengeance. I am the night. I am Batman. We're going to start with Batman number 110, written by James Tynan IV. Drawn by Jorge Jimenez and colored by Tomumore. Flash forward. Batman breaks free of Scarecrow and runs into a field where he sees a giant Scarecrow promising fear state. As Simon Saint pushes Mayor Nakano to deploy the Magistrate, Batman fights Peacekeeper 01. Miracle Molly and the Unsanity Collective prepare to evacuate as they are blamed for the bombing of City Hall. While Commissioner Montoya raises concerns about Simon Saint, but Mayor Nakano refuses to listen. Oracle calls for backup, raising Nightwing in Bloodhaven. Eighteen minutes into Batman and Peacekeeper's fight, Batman pressures Sean Mahoney to admit his guilt in the bombing of City Hall, then retreats to Ghostmaker's jet after striking a powerful blow to Peacekeeper's armor. Harley, aboard the Ghost Dream, gives Batman backstory on Peacekeeper 01, but Oracle lets them know that the Magistrate is converging on the Unsanity Collective, and they've been given permission to use lethal force on the unresisting cyborgs. So I only really have one question about this Batman issue, which is, uh, what do you think will be wrapped up from this storyline um, in the end of the arc? Or do you think it's going to be like um, their dark designs, which basically just led straight into Joker without resolving anything. Oh, it'll probably just lead into the next without resolving because we know from Future State that Batman's on the run. We know from the beginning of the comic that somehow he still got captured by Scarecrow, which still hasn't happened. And we know that um, everything is bad and nothing is good. And that, you know, that the, the Magistrate and Peacekeeper 1 are in charge, so nothing ultimately good can come of this. So it's just very much, I think it's just going to move into the next thing. Is, Ghostmaker's not in, wasn't in Future State, right? He was not. Like, he wasn't even mentioned. He was hmm. not. So maybe something's going to happen to him. Boom, but that boom, doesn't boom. mean anything because Punchline wasn't yeah. mentioned either, and she just showed up in Future State Gotham number three. Hmm. Meh. Anyway. Yeah, I agree with Steph. It's just going to lead into Future State. I mean, Fear State. 
I think that's true. And I guess the follow-up is, well, what do you think? Do you think that is good or bad? Or what's your reaction to uh, a six-issue prologue to a six-issue event miniseries? I think something this big is really short-changed when it just kind of gets wrapped up with a cute little everything's okay bow or whatever Batman has. Um, so I'm I'm fine with it. I, I like... It gets old after too long, <coughs> Tom King. But uh, these these epic stories, I think I'm I'm fine with. I like it not just being a. I like a one and done. But when it's when you put this much love and effort into it, I feel like just wrapping it up is is shortchanging the story. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not gonna add more more than that. Yeah, it's it's, it's okay. It's it's much better leading into into the next event and not, you know, ending the story cold and starting anew. So I, I, I think that's fine. I would tend to agree. I think that um, there, I, I definitely appreciate it more than I appreciated their dark designs um, because their dark designs was 10 issues long and it took place over one night. So you had 10 issues on one night. And that kind of frustrated yeah. me. Whereas, um, what is this one called? The Cowardly Lot. So this is going to be a six-issue arc. And it takes place over multiple days. So it, it doesn't feel nearly as, like, just unending. Like, there's something about 10 issues. And I know that there was a bunch of flashbacks and stuff. But it was still all on the same night, and that kind of frustrated me about their dark designs. So this feels like it's a more actually building to the um, the event rather than just the bad night before Joker War, Yeah, <laughs> if that makes sense. All right, let's do a quick summary about uh, the Ghostmaker backup. This is written by James Tynan, illustrated by Ricardo Ortiz uh, Lopez, I believe. Um. Ghostmater battles Midas's army of robots on Devil Skull Island. Meanwhile, Instigator, a man turned into an alligator like Killer Croc, implores Madame Midas to throw everything she has at Ghostmaker now. Instigator then relates his tale of his first battle with Ghostmaker, of how he invited Ghostmaker to battle and lost. Madame Midas, after some consideration, appears to take Instigator's words to heart and orders her computer to collapse all access tunnels down on Ghostmaker. And my only question, I think I asked this last time, is does this make you more or less interested in Ghostmaker? Uh, I don't know. It is okay to say less. I liked the art. Like, I, I actually would say for the art alone, I'm kind of glad we had this story. I don't know. I thought it the was art is quite fun. Nice. It was a fun story to look at. Um, It's cool to know that Ghostmaker is more than just his armor, I guess. <laughs> he's He's got stamina, I guess. Um, I don't know. My opinion of him was not altered. Same here, and that, that's only because I didn't read the backup. I'm kind of done and over with Ghostmaker, so... Yes, I just can't get with him, so I'll leave it. I'll leave it at that. I think Ghostmaker. I like the idea of what Tynan's doing, which to me I think is trying to get people who really like manga and fighting anime and 
things like that. And and there's a fair amount of horror as well. Like he's trying to blend different genres into this backup story. But even though I am slowly like understanding some of the layers of Ghostmaker, he's not really super original. I mean, he's kind of a composite of a bunch of different characters. He doesn't seem to really have a spark that makes me care about him. I mean, and it's not that I think Tynan can't do this because I care about um, uh, Clown Hunter and I do actually have some connection to um, Punchline. I wouldn't say I care about Punchline, but I think that she's a very interesting character and symbol. Um, I just don't really have a connection to Ghostmaker that feels fresh to me. It feels like uh, it's a, a very clever and very energetic synthesis, but it does feel like a synthesis. It doesn't feel like uh, it's got a whole lot new stuff added to it, you know? Does that make any sense? Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm I'm trying not to, like, be super negative, but I, I do think that this isn't the most engaging of backups, and I'm looking forward to when Clown Hunter gets the backups. Uh, helps that I think it's Brandon Thomas doing the backups, so that'll be exciting. I will say, just not to end on a total downer note, like Ian was saying, it's not bad. I, I mean, I know Theo hates it, <laughs> Theo <was angry. laughs> but uh, it's it's readable, and you it's are not learning like we're more getting about a whole bunch him. of Mister Teeth backups. Yeah, yeah. See, I would be peace out. I will, I will catch you guys when that's over. But so it's not. Cash me awful. outside, Mister Teeth. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so hip. I know memes. <sighs> I don't. Uh, uh. You're distracting me from. <laughs> Sorry, you were making whatever it is I was saying. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. It's not. Some people's awful. It's not. Yeah. So he's okay. He's okay. Is that what we can say about? <laughs> I, I think that is fair. All right, so um, we're going to do our rating for Batman number 110, and they're going to do it out of uh, five Morse code explosions, because when Batman blows oh, up a building, it's oh. in Morse code. And I thought that was awesome. I literally laughed out loud. I was like, what just happened? Because he's Batman. That was so, that was so dumb. It's that so was Batman. so dumb. It was so dumb. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Um... I don't know. I literally don't know. Because not super much happens, but you also are getting kind of a little bit of backstory. And I keep forgetting that at the beginning of every issue, we've got Batman that's I think we're supposed to because those are so forgettable. Why are we wasting page count on this? But I don't know. I don't know. Three. 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 Morse code explosions. (laughs) (laughs) SOS. Come on. The Morse code explosions are awesome. (sighs) I am also going to give it a three. Um, One thing that kind of irks me is when you get those endings that's supposed to be climatic, even though you know that it's not because you know that the next issue, everything is going to be all right. So, yeah, we have, you know, Miracle Molly and, and the little girl surrounded by the peacekeepers. And Simon St. tells them, you know, hey, you can use deadly force. And like, 
okay, we know that they're going to survive because, yeah, Molly's going to be another issue. So I, I just wish it would have ended better, but I will, I will give it a three as well. I'm also going to give it a three. Jorge Jimenez, of course, does fantastic work. And I think that James Tynan, even though this story has has flaws, I, I do think that those openings are completely unnecessary. And I agree with you. I think the ending is just kind of like... I, I feel like it could have had a stronger ending. I mean, it's it's not an ending that's like bad. It, it's a legitimate conflict that they've worked up to, but it has no real tension. So... I'm going to say a three out of five Morse code explosions. Uh, the, the Morse code explosions are a full 0.5 points for me. Those are awesome. Um, Scott on the website gave it a four out of five. And so that gives us an average score of 3.25 um, Morse code explosions out of five and a mode of three. Cause all three of us on the podcast said three. So Scott, mm-hmm. get with the program. <laughs> Whether you are a first-time TBU Comics podcast listener, a 13-year veteran, or anything in between, we'd love to hear what you think about this episode or any of the comics we discussed. Send emails to tbu at thebatmanuniverse.net. Join our Discord server linked at thebatmanuniverse.net. Send us a tweet at tbu underscore comics. Or, if you're a patron, leave us a comment on our Patreon page. We'd also love it if you left us a review on iTunes. We'd love to read your comments on the next episode of the Batman Universe Comics Podcast. Batman may claim he works alone, but we know that he needs the Bat Family. Join the TBU Bat Family and let us know what you think. Detective Comics number 1039. Story one, The Neighborhood, the finale, written by Mariko Tamaki with art by Victor Bogdanovich. As Batman, Huntress, and Deb Donovan escape the exploding sewer line, Hugh Val and Mr. Wart look over the chaos they've created for different reasons. The Bat family spring into action while the mayor declares a state of emergency, while he calls for his missing assistant, Vile. Vile is watching the blast from afar, reveling in the chaos, feeding off the violence and the anger as he thinks back to the day the parasite within him first came together. After he gets into safety, Deb Donovan attacks Batman, revealing that she too has been affected by Hugh Vile. Huntress grabs her and subdues her. Batman and Mr. Work comes to blow. Once again, but this time he isn't alone as a bunch of penguins, thugs, team up to take out Batman. From the bell tower, Oracle guides members of the family, helping citizens get to safety. She relates to Huntress details about Hugh Val and the parasite that's been infecting the Gothamites. Hospitals have been treating patients with antibiotics. But Oracle also reveals that the parasite appears sensitive to light. She passes along the location of Vile, not far from Huntress's location. Helena sets out in pursuit, finding him delighting in watching the city burn, feeding off the violence of the chaos. As Huntress approach, 
approaches, he appears to be willing to turn himself in. But right as Helena goes place cuffs on him, the parasite attacks, grabbing Huntress by the face. Instinctively, Huntress uses a glass shard to stab the attacking bow. And as he falls to the ground, Huntress senses that something is wrong. She's been infected. Batman dispatches of the Penguin's henchmen and traps, Val- and traps Mr. Word in a pile of cement. As he watches the cement hardens, harden, he's suddenly attacked by Huntress. She's fighting the, par- the parasite's control, but she continues to shoot crossbow bolts at Batman, at Batman who avoids each shot. She jumps on Batman and attempts to stab him, still trying to fight back the parasite's control. It's winning, however, as the knife enters closer and closer to Batman's face. Like she tells him. Figuring out what she meant, Batman shines a light in her eyes, incapacitating Huntress and the feeding vial. He feeds no more. As the chaos wanes, Manicano gets a report of the events. Mr. Ward is gone, nowhere to be found, and there's no sign of Hugh Val. The Connell dispatches the police to look for him. Barbara gives a report on Helena and Deb to Batman. They're both in induced comas, but they seem to be improving under the cocktail of drugs being given to them. Barbara asks Batman what his next course of action is. For Batman, the answer is simple. If he's to get a grasp of the case against him, he can't do it on the run from police. He's turning himself in. So there's a lot to digest. This is technically the finale, but we've got three more issues of Detective Comics that are going to be dealing with the fallout of this story, plus an issue of Batman Secret Files focusing on the Huntress. Um, And actually, just to let people know, uh, next episode we're going to be reviewing the next issue of Detective and the Batman Secret Files Huntress, because that's kind of in the same uh, story thread by Mario Kutamaki as well. So... um, that's going to be our additional issue for the month of July next uh, next episode. Um, what do you think about this issue as a finale? Uh, does it feel like a finale? I think it leaves a lot of open ends. Like, Worth kind of is still hanging around. Obviously, Nakano is still hanging around because he's kind of the quote-unquote big bad for future state, sort of. I don't know. I don't know. It's not, it's, it's again, not a wrap up all your loose ends kind of finale, but it definitely opens the door for the next story. Vile is gone. So as far as like the (laughs) zombie parasite story, that's done. But the, the relationship of the characters is, is an ongoing. So I think I do like that. It's not like the, the Batman and the Huntress in the next story are going to be well, the, it's, it's, it's it seems like Huntress isn't going to be gone next time. Like she's going to carry on. So I do like that that certain elements are are moving on to the next arc, and it's not just a one and done for certain characters. Yeah, it, it's 
it's a finale from the from the sense of we're getting out of the neighborhood. We we've seen the players, you know, of the, of the elite of of Bruce's neighborhood, but we've gotten to the end of that. You know, we've met them. We we've seen their particular roles in this story, and even though you know the overall the overarching story of Batman versus Mr. Wirt and even, you know, Hugh Bow may continue because if if everything I'm assuming is gonna happen in the Huntress one shot is based on this this attack from the parasite, it makes me wonder whether or not he makes an appearance there as well. So I can I can see those things continuing because, again, at the end, things are still left open. But we're moving on from we're moving on from from the neighborhood, you know, and we're going to be focusing on what's going on with Bruce being in jail. And I'm assuming we'll we'll see Mr. Work pop in, you know, coming after the man who he still feels murdered his daughter. But as far as the neighborhood is concerned, um, we 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 are likely done with that until Bruce is done and gets to go home again. That's really well said. I think it does feel like a finale in that there's huge action set pieces and there is a villain defeat, but it feels like a villain like pause to me. I agree with you. I don't think that uh, Mr. Vile's actually gone. I don't know. This, this was very intense for sure. Um, but it didn't, it just didn't feel quite, finished or resolved and that's on purpose it's just using the word finale for this story felt a little odd to me what do you think about the use of batman as a character i i would agree with theo and i don't i don't know about steph but um i think this is the better story between batman and um, detective comics but is this the better batman story does batman is he like particularly necessary or does he do really cool Batman things in this story compared to the Batman? Cause in this issue of Batman, he, you know, fought someone to a standstill for 18 minutes and then set off explosions in Morse code, which is awesome. Um, how does he compare here? He's able to figure out what his ally tells him, but he, is he, is he really the central figure or is he kind of observing? What do you think? Is this what? a better Batman story? Well, up until now, it's definitely been a Bruce Wayne story. Um, and it's been Bruce Wayne kind of the detective and Batman the detective. But, uh, I yeah, I really did feel like Batman was more like a set piece in this one. Because um, you had Barbara and Huntress kind of being... Huntress being feet on the ground with Vile and... and, and uh, oracle finding things out and it just there was so many moving parts and action in this it was hard for anyone to have any kind of focus i feel um and then between this story and the backup a majority of the focus went on vile who you kind of hoped had an interesting backstory but he really didn't he's just evil and a jerk (laughs) and so i feel like too much of the story was taking up with with vile being explained and i didn't care about what vile had to say it worth was definitely more interesting but he's just 
He's just, it's just an angry white man. <laughs> so I would, I think those are solid thoughts. I, I tend to agree that, um, I think for fans of Batman being like super uber cool, I think that James Tynan is doing a bit more. And I think that's yeah. that's fair. He's writing the Batman book and this is the yeah. Detective Comics book. And it's not quite the same as the, the Bat Family book that James Tynan was writing at the beginning of Rebirth. But it does have, you know, more of a focus on um, his supporting characters in their own. They, they like have little spotlights. They're not like the mm-hmm. main show. Batman's still there. Bruce, I would say that Bruce does have a really cool part to play in this story. But um, it's definitely kind of as part of an ensemble rather than the main solo character. Um, yeah. What do you think, Theo? Do you think that we, I, I, as I said, I agree. This is the better story than Batman detective comics is, but is it a better Batman story? Is Batman really the shining part of this story? Well, as I, as I mentioned in my review, of the issue that's on the website the the way I look at what Tamaki is doing, and yes, um, you know, it, it is still the the best bat book right now. But the way I the way I look at it and the way I, I mentioned it in the review was this is this is Batman starring Bruce Wayne. And you get a great story that allows this detective work to be done and it's been done the entire issue and I think the backup story more than anything because again you see a lot of detective work you you see some of Babs and you see a lot of Babs in these last few issues as the battle ensues but the Backup stories more than anything has uh, have allowed the rest of and I'll use the word ensemble as as Ian mentioned to kind of be at the forefront and still play a role in the walking story, but it is definitely the better story between the two, uh, and you know. I, it looks like Tamaki's going to go to that well a second time with having a Batman story starring Bruce Wayne as we get Bruce in prison. And I'm okay with that. You know, you can tell a good Batman story with Bruce Wayne being the focus of, of the book. And again, it's detective comics and this has been the most detective detective that's been, in quite a while and this is going back to probably 10 years since black mirror easily easily 10 years that this has been a bona fide detective book and it's not just batman that's being the detective it's it's the rest of the family doing it as well yeah um i think that's a really really uh well said answer all right, let's do a quick summary of the backup. <laughs> Story number two, The Life and Times of Hugh Vile, written and drawn by T-Rex. Hugh Vile sits in an empty Gotham diner. 
talking to the chef about his life as a kid, growing up with the parasite living inside of him. He discusses how the violence of others feeds them and makes them stronger. But there was a level of violence they wanted to feed off more than anything else. Gotham City, and in particular Batman. But to get to Gotham, they would have to plan things out, be incognito. It would be the Joker War that would bring them back to Gotham. It's time to feed, and Vile starts by attacking the chef. So, is this story necessary? (laughs) (sighs) There was enough flashbacks to him as a kid with the parasite and enough explanation that I really, this was no, we didn't need this at all. And it didn't make me empathetic to him. It didn't help me understand him. He was literally just a jerk who really liked his parasite and liked being powerful. And if the story told us anything, Huntress fought so hard against the parasite, which means that everyone else who was infected could have stood up against it. And everyone, including Vile, seemed to not fight that much. So I think he's just a turd. And I didn't care about having to read a turd's backstory for however many pages it was. And the art was really gross. Like, the art fit the story. It was definitely an appropriate art style for the story. I didn't like it. Steph read my review without reviewing it. <laughs> yeah, on the side of the art, you know, it. it I like the art for this story, and that's exactly what I said in, in my review. But it reminds me of Ken Rockefeller's style of art. And if Ken Rockefeller was drawing this issue, it would have fit. But just as I mentioned in that, that mini arc he did after or during Joker War in Tomasi's run of Detective, it it was the wrong type of art. So if it was in 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 these pages, it would have been fine. And in in these pages, T Rex art is fine. The colors look great. But had it been in any other story, I probably would have been turned off. Um, the art is probably the saving grace of this story there is probably one story that was more more unnecessary than this one and that was the ridley story in my opinion but at least the ridley story was okay uh this this was just not needed you know it was just one of those situations where it seemed like they needed a backup story to fill the pages of the book and this is what what we got or or it could have been a situation, as I've been saying since the second Hunter story, that this probably would have been the story from the week before, had it not been for the Robin backups. And, you know, with the Robin backups just knocking everything off a week or two. So who knows? But again, it whatever. It wasn't needed. We We, we, we got enough in the main story to tell us all we need to know about Huval. I agree. It just, my co-hosts have said it better than I could. I did not see the point of this story other than, like, this guy wanted to write and draw it, and he did a good job, but it didn't feel necessary at all. 
All right, let's give uh, Detective Comics number 1039 a rating out of five Huntress crossbow bolts. Hmm. I don't want to give it too much of a negative because I think this last couple of t- weeks you've been asking, like, what do you think Vile is? And I've been thinking Vile's going to be nothing. Vile's going to be chump change. He's just there to have a super villain. Um, I think the story was more about Bruce and Huntress teaming up and gauging the temperature of the city and maybe introducing Worth. I don't think Vile was all that important. So the fact that he turned out to be a jerk and unimportant and uninteresting is unsurprising because that's what I predicted. So I don't want to dock the story for that. But I really hated the backup. (laughs) Yeah, the backup Uh, Three and a half out of five because I like it better than Batman. Which is not bad. Batman is great. Without the without the backup story, this is easily a a four. And I strongly wanted to give it a four, but it just that backup story was just terrible. So it, it's a it's a three and a half for me as well. And, and now, if I can give a rating to the overall arc, the overall. Arc is a four. You know, I just think again, Tamaki's done a great job, and you know, she's done something that doesn't typically happen with Dio. You know, she has him enjoying a <laughs> brand new character. You know, that usually doesn't happen. Hopero to Thomas. Wait, which which new character yeah. are you enjoying? Oh, I, I'm 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 definitely digging Mister Word. Oh, okay, nice, nice. Okay, I'm giving this a three um, because I I'm still stuck on the th- th- calling it a finale. I, I I think they should not have done that, <laughs> um, and I really didn't like the the backup at all, um, which is a shame because like the Hunter's backups were great and mm-hmm. um, the other backups have really expanded Gotham. This just didn't feel like it expanded anything because it it was a rehash of what the main story already told us and. That's not what I want from backups. I want backups that give me extra, not the same. So it's a three for me. Um, that gives the overall rating uh, a 3.33, um, which is <laughs> about 12 point. Uh, no, sorry. Eight points uh, higher than Batman. And it has a <laughs> mode of 3.5. Um, that concludes our review section for the episode. Now we're going to get into Greater Gotham. All right, Greater Gotham for this week has a lot of stuff. Um, First one up is um, the next Batman, Second Son, number four. This is the finale. Um, Thumbs up, uh, thumbs down, or neutral, or abstain. Thumbs up, but like not way up. I will give it a neutral, and I give it a neutral as the person who reviewed the book. That that ending was just flat. Yeah. Yeah, I'm giving it a neutral, even though I would say that the first three issues were thumbs up. Um, it, I, I just think this was a marketing error. I think this should. I think they should have just had Second Son either continuing instead of relaunching it as I Am Batman, or have it called I Am Batman from the beginning because it's it's the same writer. Um, and artists switch all the time. So trying to argue that, oh, it had different artists, that, that's not a reason to relaunch a title. 
I can only hope and be travel foreman is, is doing the art and I'm, I am Batman as well, but I am hoping that by being a monthly issue that the art it doesn't have this rushed look. Cause if, if not, I'm going to be quite upset. Yeah. A lot of digital first really do have a problem with that. Okay. Legends of the dark Knight Number one, uh, we're probably not going to be covering this in an ongoing basis unless my co-hosts really want to, but, um, for the first issue, written and illustrated by um, the guy who's the artist for The Boys, um, Derek Robertson. Um, thumbs up, thumbs down, or neutral? Abstain. I forgot to read this one. <laughs> thumbs down. Again, I I reviewed this first issue, and the first again, the art is great. The story was just not great for me. I'm going to say a neutral for the same reason. So the next one is uh, Secret Files, The Signal, number one. This is all about Duke. Uh, Thumbs up, thumbs down, or neutral? Neutral. Because I'm nice. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, thumbs down. I I don't like Player Duke. I don't like Tony Patrick Duke. I only like... Brandon Thomas Duke, so let me know when I was out of the bag. This is a thumb down. Thumbs down. Um, I went into this, I wrote the review for this on the site, and I went in wanting to try and explore ideas, but the more I wrote about this, uh, the more I got really upset, and honestly, if this wasn't releasing on the same day as Urban Legends number five. Um, you'd probably get quite a lengthy rant about how frustrated I am about this story. But instead, we're going to save that for Urban Legends. So this is just going to be a thumbs down for me. Um, Batman the Detective number four. Um, thumbs up? Neutral. Thumbs up, I guess. Are you sure? Yeah, I I didn't. I mean, there was some cool stuff that happened, I guess. But I just I'm falling out of like of the idea of these people know everyone Batman's ever saved and is systematically killing all of them. I don't know. Starting starting to bother me. It's like that's a lot of people. You you're bad people. I actually missed this issue, so I'm going to abstain. I'm also going to abstain. Uh, the Joker, Different. number five. Flashback issue. I didn't love it. Neutral? It wasn't bad. It really wasn't bad. It's a it's a well-deserved neutral. <laughs> I didn't like the art, actually. Really? I know I know you did. I saw, saw you said you'd really liked it. I wasn't a fan of the art. And I, I don't know. I just, it just shows that that oh George wow that's not his name that <laughs> Commissioner Gordon is a I don't know he's obsessed with the Joker I don't know I th- that's all I really got out of that story. Stephanie seems to be in sync <laughs> for a lot this episode you know because it's a, it's a neutral for me for pretty much the same reasons I was I was just wasn't bad. I wasn't crazy about it. 
Well, this is obviously a thumbs up for me because I love uh, <laughs> Franco Francovilla as an artist from Black Mirror. And um, uh, it's definitely not the best issue of the series so far. Um, but I I like just the exploration into Jim's past and his world. I, I, just, I love Jim Jordan. And this series is giving me so much Jim Gordon. And I'm happy. <laughs> um, Future State Gotham number three. What? Future State I miss that? Gotham number three. I think I missed that one. Abstain is acceptable. These are a lot Abstain- of books. Well, I I I feel bad. Was that on your list? It's I think I might have added it at the last minute. Ah, oh, you jerk! No, I totally missed that one. And I think I, I'm I'm into that series. I'm really liking that series. So I will go back and read it because that is one I want to read. I'm going to use Steph's. I'm going to use Steph's phrase and say it's a thumbs up, but. Not too far up. I still say I would. Love to see, I would still love to see this book in in a pure manga style, going from right to left instead of left to right. <laughs> I need that to happen, DC. <laughs> that would be kind of funny. I couldn't do it because it makes my head hurt. But um, it's a thumbs up for me too, and uh, partly because the variant cover has a big fat Steph on the front, and that's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's a fun story. Um, Batman Fortnite number six. This is the ending of this uh, miniseries, although I am dead sure we're going to get a sequel to this because this sold oh, like yeah. hotcakes. They definitely set it up. Uh, it was it was thumbs up, I guess. I mean, they get back. They have feelings. I don't know. <laughs> it was it was it was fine for what it was. It was a thumbs up. It was not meant to be. Not that any of this is high literature, but the Batman Fortnite crossover was never meant to be an Eisner Award winning series. So for that, I, I give it a thumbs up. Thumbs down. <laughs> it's thumbs down because Bruce should have freaking listened. They should have stayed. <laughs> should have I say neutral because I just don't out. care. <laughs> You um, should have listened to Selena. She said, let's not leave. All right. And, what and we get to the centerpiece of Greater Gotham, but not for good reasons. <laughs> Batman Urban Legends number five. Let's get our ratings out of the way. So what was in that that was we had the, Grifter? Which we had the Red Hood story. We had the Tim Drake story. Oh, that was cute. That was cute. The Tim Drake I, I'm less grossed out by. At this point. Yeah, the Tim Drakester, I would say, improved a little bit. Although, I'm still really frustrated that Steph and Tim broke up off-panel. That's just rude, DC. And then they... Yeah. uh, Anyway. Uh, Then we had Batgirls. Then we had Batgirls. Grifter was confusing. And then we had Grifter. And Grifter was basically just by Wildstorm. I don't understand what's going on with that, but whatever. Yeah. Let's get our our ratings Um, out of the way. And then we're going to have Overall... Overall, I will say neutral, but I would say I'm hanging on for the Jason story. That's my, that's my whatever, right? Hat in the ring, whatever you say. <laughs> whatever that saying is. My horse in the race, whatever. Carry on. Proceed with your <laughs> ranting. Well, we're going to do ratings first, so no ranting oh. until we've all rated. Okay. Well, I, I, I give it a neutral, but a thumbs up for the Jason story and kind of meh on everything else. 
Yeah, that that Jason story. Uh, I I would have no problem with Chip Zdarsky, you know, jumping ship from Marvel and and doing a Batman book. I love his depiction of Jason, and I absolutely love the flashback with mm-hmm. you know Jason, you know, being the troubled kid, actually being a detective and. Figuring out the riddle to save Batman, and if 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 that was all that was in the book, this would be two thumbs way up. But mm-hmm. I am still not crazy about the Tim Drake story. I think that idea is just. I'm still not crazy about the Grifter story. That stories and the Batgirl story can just kick several rocks and I will hold my rent until Ian does his. So this this issue gets a, a full-hearted thumbs down for me. Um, the Jason story is well done. Uh, the Griffith story is not bad. Uh, but the Tim story is weak and the Batgirl story is... <clears throat> the Batgirl <laughs> story is deceptive. It is out of character. It is weak. It is disrespectful to the Batgirls characters and their It is not a Batgirl story. And it is, well, that's why I said it's deceptive. It is not a Batgirl story. This is a story trying to tell us how cool, um, shoot, what's her name? Ryan? Ryan Wilder is. Now, Ryan Wilder, as we know, is the Batwoman on the Batwoman TV show because the main actress left. So they, uh, even though they recast uh, Batwoman, they decided to go with a different character as the main character. Um, and you know, that's fine. Uh, I have only watched three episodes of the show period. And one of them was purely for Stephanie Brown and the other was for Luke Fox. So, (laughs) um, I have a real problem when you take beloved characters and you make them look stupid to make a new character look good. And something I've appreciated... Now, James Tynan used to do this. Um, He did this with Bluebird. And even though I like Bluebird, I do think it was a mistake. Um, He doesn't seem to do it as much anymore. He he hasn't done it with Punchline. He hasn't done it with um, Ghostmaker or Clown Hunter. None of them have really been like, oh, I'm so much cooler. Now, Ghostmaker thinks he's so much cooler than Batman. But we all know better. And James Tynan also knows better. He's not trying to tell us that... Ghostmaker is cooler than Batman. He thinks he's very cool, but not cooler than Batman. Marguerite Bennett, who wrote this, and Sweeney Boo. Now, Sweeney Boo, I will say in favor of the story. Sweeney Boo did a great job with the characters. Uh, they look adorable and cool and ready for action. But then Marguerite Bennett wrote the story, and it's all about how Ryan is awesome and Steph and Cass are kind of incompetent. Um, they start out sh- slacking off. Now, I have no problem with a character having a moment of rest and relaxation. I mean, we had a, a good moment of that in the Shiva story, uh, I think two issues ago in Urban Legends, where Steph, Cass, and Duke played mini golf. But that wasn't the start of the story. That was like a side thing that we have happening. This starts the story with them goofing off, and it it just doesn't get better for me from there, because Oracle sort of scolds them and tells them to do a mission. And then it turns out the mission isn't against a bad guy. So they don't even save anyone or accomplish anything. They they end up looking like punks so that Ryan can look cool. And that's deceptive because 
we have been waiting for a Batgirl story for five months. We don't even have a Batgirl's story announced. And so we thought this was going to lead into a Batgirl story. And instead, it's just Ryan Wilder is awesome. And I will say this. If they put Ryan Wilder in the Batgirl's ongoing series, that either it's going to be Batgirl's or Batgirl's and the Birds of Prey, um, I am 100% sure about that. If they put Ryan Wilder on that team, I'm going to be very upset because that means that they're going to be building off of this story. And I want this story to go in the trash. I want people to forget it because it, it shows Stefan Cass in a very uh, incompetent light. And I think it's extremely disrespectful to people who have been asking for a Batgirl series for, um, you know, since at least 2014. We've been wanting Stefan Cass and Babs to team up and have a story where they really show how the Bat ladies can really be a great team that has a strong fan base um, and, you know, inspires people because they love these characters and they have good stories that respect them as competent characters with great skills and strong histories. This shows these characters as either humorless killjoys like cassandra kane here she's like oh i don't like video games because there's no stakes i'm like okay come on we saw cassandra playing mini golf she wouldn't consider a video game that much different from mini golf so that's out of character already uh and inconsistent with this very anthology series and then it shows steph is this like airhead idiot and it's just that's disrespectful to people who like steph and Cass. and then oracle comes in and is just kind of scolding instead of being like a good leader and it's this does not get me excited if Marguerite Bennett is the one writing the Batgirls ongoing. I, I, I have no interest in that after this story. Um, I think this story is all the things I said at the beginning. I think it's deceptive, dishonest, um, badly written, out of character, and terrible, disrespectful. Terrible. I will go. I will go one step further. So. For me, and and I am typically a Sweeney Boo fan, but I was not crazy about the art. I did not like how she drew cast. Now, to her credit, I I have never been a fan of the big eye cast, even in her own Batgirl run. I am more of just complete black no man's land cast and so when whenever i get these get venom spider-man eyes looking at me it just it irks me to no end and i i always get perturbed and since this is a family friendly podcast i will use the word perturbed when one of my favorite characters is written out of context and if anyone have listened to Ian and I talk about our favorite Batgirls you all know how much of a fan and how big Cassandra Kane is on my list and when you 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 see a writer just utterly disregard the history and the characterization of one of your favorite characters, it just protubes me to no end. And I've always considered myself a fan of Marguerite Bennett, but just as 
I am typically a fan of Vida Ayala. After this experience with her writing Cassandra and Steph, if it is ever announced that she is writing this book, I am more than likely not picking it up. And if it's announced that Ryan will be a part of the team, I am most definitely probably not picking this book up. It's just, it's just terrible. And yeah, and, and you know, Ian used the word disrespectful. It's disrespectful to those characters' histories, but it's also disrespectful to the fans of these characters who have followed them for so long. And I am quite disappointed in how this turned out. I, I, I could not accept this as an ongoing at all, period. Uh, in the immortal words of Theo, this story was tr- uh, was trash. Trash. All right. Eighteen like, trash. As bad as the Grifter story has been, I actually enjoyed the Grifter story. Yeah, the end of the Grifter that. story wasn't bad. Terrible. Got to do better, DC. You got to do better by the fans. You really? deserve it. Come on. I mean, the Batgirl Batgirl is such a great brand, and they've been running into the ground for at least three years now, and it's so stupid. All right. On more positive notes, we have a great piece of feedback from the professor on Discord. Sorry to interrupt, Master Booth. Ringing your phone now. This needs my attention. The professor says, I've been thinking about Theo's recent points on the last Batman book regarding the difficulty of seeing Scarecrow as an A-level villain. I mean, as an empirical matter, there's no question Theo is right. No awful pun intended. Because <laughs> his name's Theo, right? Writers generally have done much to make Scarecrow anything more than a tier two villain, including the Nolan trilogy, where he's basically a minion of Bane and the League of Shadows. But I'm super pleased to see JT really building Scarecrow up as he thinks he really ought to be more important than tier two. And if Penguin shows that tier one villains can move down, tier two villains ought to be able to move up. My reasoning is that there is virtually no origin story for Batman, which isn't in pertinent part of fear narrative. And in TBU, Scarecrow is really the lord of fear. This suggests he ought to be pretty important as a villain. BTAS does a better job of highlighting some of this. He is in many sense quite frightening, donning a costume in some sense as elemental and scary as Bats himself. And Jimenez's art shows just how scary he can be. Connecting this to the forthcoming fear state, it's really nice to see creative centering the idea of fear in Batman and TBU. Just some thoughts. Really excellent thoughts. Yeah, and you know what? He's always featured in, like, pictures and stuff of, like, the rogues gallery. Like, he's, I don't know, I think he's an honorary tier one sometimes. My favorite episode of the Batman which the first three seasons of that were not good, but the fourth season was really, really good. And my favorite episode is a Scarecrow episode, I think. I think it's Scarecrow. The one with all the zombies. That's a really good episode. I will only say that, yes, I am Mr. Right to everyone except my (laughs) ex-wife. I, as I said, I think these are really good thoughts. Um, I am getting excited about Fear State. I think it'll be really cool to see what, scarecrow has planned because he he often does just sort of like oh yes everyone's gonna be fear fear gas fear 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 
Whereas this one, he's really kind of woven a, a intricate web. So I'm very curious to see what he wants to get out of this. That brings us to the end of our episode. Let me read our quick um, plug for our support. We've got Patreon and we have uh, one-time contributions through PayPal. We have a bunch of affiliate links if you want to buy Nerdy Batman or anything else through Amazon, Comixology, Lego, or many other things. We've got a ton of links. And we have our Batfan Appreciation Wall, which is our patrons on a certain level or higher who support us from month to month. So let me go ahead and read our supporters. Uh, Gerald Green, Joshua Lappenberg-Tony, Rob O, Real No Deuces, Tim Garassi, Robert Lewis, Stephanie Mounts, Ian Miller, Donovan Morgan Grant, Stanton's Grave, Donald Townsend, Ed Grouse, Brendan Roberts, Hannah Gar, Captain America, Mary Garrett, Austin Davis, Johnny McCloskey, and Cesar Diaz. Thank you all for supporting us. Um, we really appreciate it. We really enjoy doing this podcast twice a month, and um, you help us to be able to keep our podcast episodes up so that people can binge through all our episodes. As I said, next episode, we're going to be reviewing Detective Comics uh, 1040 and the Batman Secret Files Huntress, because as I said, that is continuing by the same creative team as Detective Comics. So don't want any surprises, because sometimes I'm surprised by co-hosts and um, our listeners about what I'm planning on doing for our reviews. Thanks so much for listening. I've been Ian. This is Steph. And this is Theo. And we'll have you back in the Batcave next episode for more TBU Comics. Actually, you might have to edit that out because that's not supposed <gasps> to come out till the 20th. Oh, no, really? Yes. Catwoman? Yeah. Wait, well, no, what Theo said or what I said? What any of us Wait. said. This book Wait. isn't going to be out by the time this episode's out. Uh-oh. Wait. Wait. Was he? That's why I, had, I couldn't remember because I hadn't written the review yet. <laughs> this book's not out yet. That's right. It doesn't come out until the 20th. Yep. <laughs> Spoilers. <Whoops. laughs> okay.